Um, I know originally they were going to have like a whole Rough Riders camp there and everything, and in the Which end, would have been fire. Oh man, it would. I mean, like the original when Def Jam called originally, they were like, "Swiss is going to be in one room, Eve's going to be in another room, X is going to be in this room," and we were like, "Clear the schedule!" So Matt Hennessy, what's up? Man, so first of all, I'm going to say the elephant in the room because I'm Matt B, you're Matt Hennessy. Multiple Matts, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the vibe is already just perfect <laughs> just because we have the same name. So, exactly. I mean, what can you do? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's been a little while since mm-hmm. we've linked up with one another, yep. since we just had a conversation with one another. The last time that I was here, mm-hmm. um, ooh, that had to be like maybe like two years ago or somewhere sure. around that time frame. 2019, something like that. Yeah, because yeah. it was before the pandemic. Yeah. And I remember I was running mm-hmm. some records down for you, mm-hmm. some stuff that I was working on from my upcoming album. Yep. And then boom, like now here we are. It's been a couple of years and uh, the album couple, is out. A couple of years. <laughs> pandemic times like cat years, man. So Shit. so what you been up to? You, you know what? Um, <clears throat> We're blessed. We're really, really blessed. Uh, These last 16 months have probably been the busiest we've ever been here um, at VSOP. Although I will say it's different. You know, we've been in this spot for, for five years now, a little over five years. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the first three years we spent doing a lot of like large, large group tracking, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, you know, we'd have all of G Herbo's crew in here for six months or something like that, which was dope. Or or the Omis had the place locked down for, 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 the better part of a year. It's like <laughs> nice. so much going on, lots of people, lots of energy, and COVID put that on a hurt locker immediately, oh, no. right? So did it just like suck the wind out of it or what? Oh, just like no. straight like I remember we were um <clears throat> we were in here doing a mix for Lily K mm. and uh and uh and um we were sitting here and I got a text message from from a really close friend who's like yo Shit is about to lock down. You need to take your ass to Costco. You need to go buy frozen chicken cutlets. You need to do all the things. And this was like before any of that really hit. So I yeah, looked at yeah. it, I was like, nah, this ain't real. And I remember I, like I told Lily about it and she was like, Yo, that that could be real. We should we should probably leave and go to Costco. And I was like, All right, well. So we finished the record and as as we're like all cleaning up, she was like, Yeah, I'm 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 going to Costco. I'm like, Yo, I'm, I'm, I should go to Costco. And so I know like, those lines were crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so like I bought all the frozen salmon and frozen chicken <laughs> cutlets and all that shit, and uh, loaded up the fridge. And, and sure enough, like you know, three weeks later, school got like my kid's school went out. Oh, like it God. just it shut down so quickly, and um, you know we were a little unsure what was going to happen. Um, that said, you know. <clears throat> Being back in like a, a recording phase uh, of my career was was kind of like a shift. Yeah, we went there because for the like ten years prior to the starting this spot, like we were mostly mixing. Mm. You know, like when I worked for Legendary Traxter or all those, you know, all those years uh, at Seawall, it was it was ninety percent mixing. Oh my! And God. so didn't your ears get tired from all? No, you don't don't turn it up, man. You gotta keep it low. <laughs> You gotta protect your protect your instrument. I heard man. that. That's you know? real talk. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you turn it up loud too, though. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. you uh, gotta experience the right way. You gotta right? make sure you feel it. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so <clears throat> to revert back to that 
you know, our comfort zone was not, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But the issue began to be like, how do we provide, um, how do we provide the same experience? You know, so like if you look around here, we get, you know, big ass motherfucking speakers and tons of sub and the, the sound in this room is enveloping, right? Bro, the first time I came <laughs> here, I was like, it feels like I'm in LA. Right. That's that was when we but built I'm this place. But I'm in Chicago. Yes. That was the whole And this concept. is like one of the only studios that yeah. I know of. Yeah. In the Chicagoland area that feels That's like LA. That's the vibe we wanted to bring. Right. So like we're like, okay, well how do we how do we keep that experience for people even though they can't come here? Right. Right? Or maybe only one person. Like I mean at first no one like oh, it yeah. was shit was locked the fuck oh, yeah. down. We weren't even supposed to be coming in because we weren't essential <laughs> workers, right? And so like, right, right. you know, like I remember like the city was like, "Yo, you are on home lockdown." I was like, "The fuck we are? We're coming into work, <laughs> right? These records got to get made." Real talk. Hey, we needed something to listen to while right. we were in lockdown. Right, 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 so. right, right, right. Yeah. exactly. Um, in the house board. So like, uh, right. so um, <laughs> so we were covertly. Like coming in the back door and like oh, parking, man. you know, and and trying to figure out the, the hours and, and things got really weird because you know my kids were in homeschool, so oh, I was okay. doing homeschool with them from nine thirty to three, mm. and then we were coming in at three o'clock and working until midnight oh, my to God. try and just like keep the keep the ball moving forward. And so um, <clears throat> one of the first people that reached out was this dude Webster X mm-hmm. uh, out of Milwaukee, right? Yeah, he's locked down too, you know, and we've been talking about how can we make this work, and so we decided, you know figure this out during the pandemic. And so we we learned that we could set up cameras. Um, we put this this rig behind I us noticed together. that. Yeah. And so we put that together. <clears throat> it's kind of like a mobile uh, uh, Zoom sort of station. Ah. And so we were running <clears throat> running um, video from the control room the second we start recording. The second we start mixing. We're yeah. running video the whole time, right? And then through a, a program called Audio Movers, uh, we're sending CD quality audio of the console and the talkback mics through through the internet. So you basically could we would send these two links out, no. and you could join. Yeah, you could join these two links, and you were just in the room, and then you would appear on that TV, and you could talk, and we would hear you over that TV. And so it was really close to being in the room. And so, you know, we were working on on Webb's Webb's record, and then um, the opportunity to work on Kari's album came up, and I'm such a huge Kari fan. <laughs> and Eddie Burns produced uh, produced this one, and so like I, I made a zillion records with Eddie Burns nice, already. Nice, so it was nice. just like this was a great great opportunity. <clears throat> so we did all that virtually too, and it really started to 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 work. Mm-hmm. And so then word kind of started to like get out that, yeah, like yeah. This, you could get this great experience here and so then all of a sudden we're, we've got some clients in london that are popping up and then you know all these la people who don't want to even drive across la when there's no pandemic <laughs> uh start start hitting us and so like very quickly i think within like six weeks of of that mid-march that it shut down we were back to just like full capacity so did that did it did it open it up more? It sounds like it. Yeah. it made you worldwide. All yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. It was a really cool effect, and um, you know, it was, it was really interesting because now, because that experience works, right? This video interactive. Even, even so, this dude today, we, this morning, we were on um, on with an artist in L.A. and he had never, you know, he was the drummer and the guy that he sort of like executive produced this record for for our friend Sophie, who lives in L.A. as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so, like, I, you know, I, I saw him log on to the, the Google Hangout a little skeptical, like, okay, you know, and these people are used to, you know, 
ask for a revision. I make a revision. We bounce it down. We send an MP3. He yeah. listens to the revision. He goes, no, it wasn't that. And then he called, you know, like yeah. such a slow, non-interactive process, yeah. right? This is, I hit play in here and they hear it live Crazy. at the same time. I move a fader, they hear that move instantaneously and go, no, 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 not that. And I can dial it back and go a different direction immediately. And so like 10 minutes into the shit, he was like, yo, <laughs> what is, what is, what is going on here? Right, like, right, right. And so it's been, it's been really cool, you know, and, and people that we trust who, who've come in for years at this point uh, over the summer, you know, now that we're kind of like off the lockdown. Yeah. They'd be like, you know what? It's nice out. Uh, I'm just going to kick it on my front porch. Just send me the virtual link and, uh, you know, I'm going to smoke and drink on my porch and So they didn't it. even want to come in. They didn't want to come in anymore because it's like traffic was like, eh, it's going to take me 30 minutes to get there and right. I, I got to put pants on. I don't want to do that. Right, right, right. So, you know, fuck it. That's um, a vibe, though. It's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, though, okay. right? Like, so, yes... It's interactive. Yes, they're in the room virtually and all that, but mm-hmm. there's something about having four or five people like physically in the space where you know you can you feel the energy. And there's an energy that happens, and you're all listening to the same source at the same time. And there's a body language thing. Yeah, that's not there. That's true. Which is sad. Uh, yeah. But this is a great like middle ground. And we're in a place now where we're, we have people in here and, you know, like, you know, no huge 40-person uh, party <laughs> sessions are going right. on. But, you know, like, it's 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 a pretty solid close to normal right now. As wow. close, I guess as close as we can get, right? That is that is crazy. It's crazy. I don't think I ever even heard anyone doing it that way. Not, I mean, I've heard people kind of, like, you know, working yeah. over Zoom or whatever. Sure. But I never heard it to that capacity where you were able to, like, get high-quality yeah. audio in real time where you'd be able to give real constructive feedback yeah. on what you wanted, whether it be as an artist or or as yeah. a producer or whatever may have you. So I think that's super dope. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, and shout-out to Audio Movers. You know, we, we'd, we'd gotten hip to them about a year and a half before the pandemic that we were using. I know you were glad you did that. Yeah, like I just (laughs) just felt like we we had the advantage of that we were, you know, we were six to eight weeks ahead. Yeah. Of like, because I've seen a lot more people using it now and it's much more common and like to the point of where um, Abbey Road, the studio, and they bought audio movers. Oh, they did? So now it's like a huge thing and like it's their amazing company and like I'm really, I'm very excited for them. they I'm make just, some good uh, mastering change. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that we're. Uh, I'm glad that we were ahead of it. Um, I'm glad that it all worked. <laughs> I'm glad that it all worked out. Um, it's like it's, you had like an angel looking over you. Yeah, like. <laughs> it, it, surpri- it surprises me. Like today, like when that guy had never heard of audio movers. Like I get it. Like you know, it's not the most into, but like I sort of feel like it's sort of everywhere at this point now. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, you know, whatever. Yeah, the right <laughs> people know about it. Right. It's getting more and more and more every day. For for me, like. When the pandemic started, I had just left L.A. Yeah. And it was around the time of, like, all the award shows yeah. and all the rest of that stuff. So, so I come back, and the year prior, like, I had done a tour. So yeah. I had done a nationwide tour, and then from there I did, like, my annual holiday cheer tour. And then it was then we went, and we went to all these different shows and stuff out in L.A. And then I remember, I was like, man, like, you know, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And then out of nowhere... Everything just kind of just, yeah, yeah, and it was just so weird, and like I didn't even really believe it. But I will say, around the time that I was touring, 
and this is like no offense to to anyone. So it is a real <laughs> it's a real story. I was on a flight. Where was I going? I think I was may have been going to Denver. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So there was this dude that was sitting on the aisle next to me, and it was he was an Asian dude coughing up a oh, lung. God. And I was looking like, yo, like what's wrong with this guy? Right. I had never seen anybody cough that hard right. before. So I put I'm like this while looking at him and he's kind of just looking at me like like you know why are you covering up your face or whatever and then i'm like i don't know what this guy has so i'm not gonna take the risk that i'm breathing in whatever he's coughing out six months later yeah man freaking pan i'm not even six months like three or four months later pandemic yeah man so you know like i said no offense to anybody out there or anything like that but it's just to me that is what stood out to me the most yeah and my time of like seeing the pandemic happen was, yep. in my personal opinion, I feel like it was happening that summer. Oh yeah, pushing into like the fall and winter. Yeah, but it just didn't get bad enough for them to shut the country down. So I feel like there were cases popping up here and there. Nobody knew what it was. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I know for sure that in 2020 when I went to LA for the Grammys because there still was a show and that's where I was yeah yeah, yeah so when I, I was in LA I went to um I went to the producers and engineers wing party because they were honoring Dr. Dre oh nice which was so dope I remember my buddy Ivan who is the um the chair of, of the producers and engineers wing steering committee that year was there and he was sick as fuck <laughs> Right. And so like, and I literally, I came in, I only came in for that party. Like, cause I had a bunch of shit going yeah. on. Like I wasn't going to go to the show. So yeah. I literally flew in for the Dre party and then left the next day. Right. And so like, I'm texting with him leading up to the party. He's like, yo, I am fucked up. I'm sick as hell. And like, no one has any idea. Like no pandemic isn't on our radar yeah, yeah, at all. Right. Yeah. And so like, he's in there, I, like he comes out, we're like, you know, yelling at each other oh my God. in this party, and I'm just like, and then you know, I went to I went to go get some food with him after. And oh my God! This dude, now, of course, don't no, tell me you was out there sharing joints with him no, too. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, no one was getting tested yet at that yeah. point. But he's, I mean, a, I don't even think sure, a test existed. He, yeah, he's a hundred percent sure that he had, he had gotten it. I believe at it. that point. Um, so you know, it's just it's just crazy. So it's you mentioned so you mentioned Dre, right? Yeah. And I know that you've worked with a whole bunch of different other people, like sure. some heavy hitters. Sure. Like I'm mean, I'm even thinking about like uh, like DMX. Yeah. Like, and with him, you know, he yeah, you know, R. I. P. DMX. Like yeah, man. how how was that? Like what what <clears throat> was that vibe like? Sure. Because I'll never know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was um so I was probably like twenty three, twenty four oh, wow. at the time. So this is you know, but this was when we're making Grand Champ. So this is fifth record. So we're like mm-hmm. in this is like two thousand three okay. or something like okay. that. Maybe maybe oh two, oh three. I can't I can't remember. It was <clears throat> it was summertime though. I know that. Um So where were you? That was definitely um it was one of was still working at Chicago Tracks, mm-hmm. which um uh R. Kelly had a room there and you know, we, we were working on Twista Kamikaze there. Um Ludacris had been through and um it was summertime. And I think one of the things to remember about that studio is that is located right in Cabrini Green, which and is crazy, crazy right? Crazy. And, the, and the towers were still up, like it was full on. Like, oh my god! I mean, it's not nineteen ninety two Cabrini Green. Right, Two thousand three right. Cabrini Green is a little bit different. Right. Um, they were just starting to to close it down and wrap it up, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but it was still 
Uh, it was, it was still Cabrini Green. You yeah. know, like there were bullet holes in the HVAC system in the roof, and like it was. I remember um, my uh, my wife came to to visit one night, and the cab driver wouldn't even drive up Larrabee. Are you serious? The cab driver left her on the corner of Chicago no. and Larrabee, and I was like, this motherfucker. And so I like had to drive out and uh, go pick her up and bring her up in with this huge um, huge security gate around the uh, the parking lot that was like maybe I don't know like. 20 feet tall with barbed wire across the top like it was a whole compound right right but um so x was looking to like he wanted to be in the hood and he wanted that energy and there are very few studios where that was a thing right you know like where it was a so you think that's why they put it there yeah uh no 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 they put it there because uh they could afford to put it there okay um that's a whole side note. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> Chicago Tracks was a was a huge operation. Like you know, imagine four rooms like this uh, size, Crazy. and that's what they had. And then probably like three or four smaller rooms, mm. and then a whole side. Like there was there was a lot, there was a lot going on there. Um, and it was it was full tilt big business um, till uh, mid the mid mid 2005 or something like that mm. when it they sort of changed scope and it became sort of uh R Kelly's place um but anyway <clears throat> um so so uh you know X wanted to feel that energy he wanted to be you know in the street but not in the street for sure right You're right right <laughs> um and and he was um he was really close with uh this dude Cato okay um and Cato had his operation he was running it uh in like around the studio not in the studio but sort of adjacent to the mm-hmm. studio and so he like he trusted Cato and he wanted to be around Cato and so a lot of reasons just sort of lined up that's just sort of put him in Chicago um I know originally they were going to have like a whole Rough Riders camp there and everything and in the Which end would have been fire. oh man it would I mean like the original when Def Jam called originally they were like Swiss is going to be in one room. Eve's going to be in another room. X is going to be in this room. And we were like, clear the schedule. Right? And then like the day of X shows up and we're like, eh, I mean, not that this isn't dope. Right. But, but we're like, yet. <laughs> um, but that was still, it was, it was, it was nuts. You know, it was nuts. You just, you never knew, you never knew what to expect. Um, the recording happened all basically between the hours of I want to say like four and seven and the eight in the morning. Oh wow! Um, because he, he like it was about getting to a headspace for him. Yeah. Right. And so like, <clears throat> you know, he would spend he would show up around like nine or ten p.m. Mm-hmm. and then he would spend a bunch of time racing remote control cars around the parking lot, oh, and, fire. you know, kicking it with his guys and like yeah. just having a good time. And then you know, eventually he would get into that headspace where he was like. All right, let's go. And so then all of a sudden it was like clockwork. Go. Like all like all hands on deck. Ooh. Go. And I mean, this was like you gotta realize too, like some things that we take for granted so easily right now, like like Pro Tools just being everywhere. Yeah. Like that was not a thing mm. yet. So we had a ro- a rental Pro Tools cart. But even like really, yeah, there was no there was no emailing MP3s yet. There was no none of that. Oh, like wow. this is this was like we had stacks of beat CDs from like dope produce. We had a whole spindle of Swiss CDs. We had Dre wow. CDs. We had all no ID CDs. So you had, had, y'all had to get all that in. His A and R had or his A and R filet night. Yeah, she brought all that stuff in, wow. and we were physically putting the CD 
in the CD player and like going through beats to pick. Wow. Like I I tell the story all the time. Like, um, so like he would, like he didn't understand that like it, it it just didn't we couldn't just like go 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 go. Like he wanted to move extremely fast. Yeah. And so like we would be playing a CD Mm -hmm. and he would be listening to it and his mind would go and he would just go to the booth. Right. And then like, but you got to remember, this is 2003 Pro Tools. So now I got to yank the CD out of the CD player. I got to put it into the computer. I got to go to import movie. I got to direct it where to go. It does not go. No. It's like. And so like the first time that I didn't catch him going out quick enough, I looked out and saw he was in the booth. And I was like, fuck. I know that was. And so. Uh, you know, like I grabbed the CD and I put it in it and then Pro Tools crashes during the import. Oh and so God. I'm just like, I don't even have the guts to look oh at him. I'm just God. like sweating, just like, oh God. And oh, I so, know he was hot. Horrible. And so by the time Pro Tools came back up, I got the beat imported. I turned around, his ass is gone. Just, and I didn't see this dude for like three days. Like he didn't just leave the studio. He left the state. Like he just what? like bounced to New York for a little while and then came back. I mean, it was just, you just lost the vibe, which I get. And so we learned like, okay, he, and, and, and he's not, he would do the whole song. So like when we recorded that album, um, there's no punches, Mm. there's no flying. Like he, he was thinking like it was still two inch tape, right? He didn't know you could fly things. He didn't know none about that. So like he would start the first track vocally and he would do the intro the hook, the first verse lead, the hook, the second verse lead, the hook, and then anything that was third verse, and then the hook again, and an outro. The next pass would be ad-libs on the intro, doubling the hook, ad-libs on the verse, doubling the hook, ad-libs on the verse, doubling the hook, ad-libs on the verse, doubling the hook. Oh, wow. Next next pass through is triple the hook, dog barks, triple the hook, dog barks, triple the hook, dog barks. Fourth Bro, one, I know that was so fired up. nuts. And, like, and if he messed up a pass, we just went all the way back to the beginning, wow. and he just did the shit again. So like at the end of it, you had four or five vocal tracks that went from front to back, and that's the song. Wow. Like when you hear that album, that's what's there. So wow. like we figured out that like since he was never gonna punch, mm-hmm. he was never gonna do any shit like that, we just took the output of the CD player and routed it into Pro Tools, and I was just ah. always recording. So like if he goes, Oh, this is the one, he would run out there, it was cool. I would drop in a, a Drop Pro Tools, the vocal mic, and the CD player in record, and I just hit play on the CD player, and he would wrap the whole joint down while I record down the beat at the same time. Uh, and then the next pass, I would just take the CD player out of record, yeah, and we would just then overdub. And so, like, that's these these are these these reactionary things you got to figure it's out like as nuance. an engineer. Like, it's yeah. like okay, clearly he has an idea, and we have to get that idea out within seconds. And so there's wow. a technological hurdle here. I physically can't import all these spindles of beats yeah, into one impossible. session. Yeah. That wouldn't be possible. So we figured this alternate way out, and it worked. So so basically, like, us as new artists who are coming into the industry uh, post-2005-ish, we're like, spoiled. You don't know how good you guys got it. <laughs> we're like, spoiled. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. Sh- it's crazy. Cause That's I, crazy. you know, I've heard, I heard like <clears throat> stories about, and I know this probably was before your time. Cause when I was talking like Beacocks and stuff, he was telling me about, um, about tape 
Yeah. And how like no, it's definitely my time. Okay, so yeah. there you were telling me about how like uh, you had to like record. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was like weird. Like you had to do it a certain way. And you had to mix with the tape or something like you that. Know, the tape had a sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got even like he told me that a couple of times because I kept asking him to re-explain it, but yeah. I still can't really wrap my mind around. Sure, that. I mean you, you just got to remember like <clears throat> it's like for like you had. For for most people, you had twenty four tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I remember that's all you got. That. Like that's it mm-hmm. for the beat and the vocals. Like we regularly get sessions in here now that are 200, 250 tracks yeah. for a song. Like that's not that's not uncommon, right, right. Anymore, people are like just add more stacks. We're just gonna do this. We can move stuff around. We can do yeah. whatever we want. Like that's not a thing. And so like you because there was no flying the hook or anything like that. If you wanted to fly the hook, there the, like one of the ways that we would do that is that you would do. You know, you do your four or five stacks of the hook, and then we'd mix it as good as we could immediately and sample that to the MP. Oh. And then you would trigger it with a pad like it was a sample and fly the hook through like that. But then, like, your hook is a stereo balance from the MP. Like, there's no going back and being like, yo, could we, like, put more delay on that? Like, that shit is a wrap. <laughs> <'Cause>, like, that's <laughs> recorded, and right. you're out of track. So you now you have to record over the tracks that you did your hook on so like that's there's no go back like you you have to make a definitive decision the decision is made and there it is like so it probably just it made people better for it though right like in ways I don't know about I don't know about better I think it made people more concise mm. right like now we live in a world where I can just hit commando and yeah. open up a mix and we can turn a kick drum up 0.3 dB and rebounce yeah. it and it takes literally. Under five minutes to accomplish that, which under five minutes is trivial to like, it's not a big deal. If you really feel like that point three is what's going to make your shit right. I'm going to be like, yeah, no problem. Pop, pop, pop. And we're going to do it. I'm laughing because and I know Sam, that's my, my mix engineer. I know he like, he could probably get so sick of me because that's really what I do to him all the time. I'm like, yo, could you like turn this down by a hair or turn this up by this or Do it, and so he might give me like four or five passes. Yeah, uh, just because I just want those really small changes. And you have every right to be that particular about your art. Yeah, for sure. What you have to realize though was before all of that, what like, none of that. No, like <laughs> to to make a change like that. So like if you look around this room, like we still mix we still mix analog on the console. We still use all this gear. We do it the old way, but we do bounce stems of the mix afterwards. So you do get that convenience mm. of, I want to open it. I want to make this little change yeah. and then offline bounce it. We, so we have that capability. Yeah. But like back in the day, you have to put every knob back. Every one of these cables in the bay, everything oh has to be put back. Like exactly. If you, if you like pull it. that drawer open yeah. in front of you, yeah. pull out any one of those packets. Oh just, my just, God. You don't have to pull a whole thing. out. just, okay, just like one of the packets. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, like, you know, this documents every piece of gear in the studio. So, oh, here's an example. No. So, look at, so we were using these on the vocal. That's those com- those compressors up there. You have to draw in where oh all the lines were. God. Because if we have to recall it, you have to have a reference. And it doesn't, analog gear doesn't, you know, doesn't commando open. So, it's like, if you want to make a, a change like that, we had to pull the whole thing back up, and that's 45 minutes to an hour just to pull it back up. So now you've booked time. 
Wow. And then to make that change, now we have to go back and reprint the main, the instrumental, the acapella, the performance. So every one of those changes, you're looking at a minimum of two hours, right? And studio time, when it's a it five, cheap. when it's five minutes, I have no problem. Commando, one dB change, command bounce, email it out. I don't really care about that, yeah. right? Yeah. As long as we don't go 15 revisions or something like that. Right, for sure. But like, if it's going to be two hours... Like now you have to decide. Let's say let's say the studio was a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. Do you think that change is worth two hundred dollars, <laughs> or do you not think that change is worth two hundred dollars? And that's right. you have to start right. making those decisions, and that would cause you to go like, ah, I really don't like that breath right there, but I don't two hundred dollar right. not like it, so I'm gonna be okay with it. Right, right. And at the end of the day, the the artist they hear that shit. Oh the, yeah. The consumer they don't they don't. Yeah. It's, the song's either a bop or it's not, True. and that breath isn't a thing that's. It won't make or break the record, right? Now, this is not me saying don't strive for perfectionism. Oh yeah, definitely strive perfectionism. But you just got to remember, there's definitely a line that you cross that it's like, okay, we're we're in vanity mode right now. Yeah, and that's cool. You're making changes to suit your yourself. Yeah, not making the product necessarily better. But yeah. but you know, once again, everyone should, you know, you're all it's your art. Let's make your art as great as you want it. Right? Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. And and sorry to <laughs> Sam, because I mean, you know, I be I be harassing you, bro. I know I do, but we we get it to where we want it to be. It's all and, good. And you it know, I think that, that's a testament because um, you know, even even playing some of my music <clears throat> earlier in here, like mm-hmm. sounded good. I can hear yeah. that it is consistent. <clears throat> it's right. consistent across the board, and right. that's a testament to not only where I wanted it to be. Yeah, it's intentional. But obviously, he. Yeah understands everything that you're saying and that a lot of that stuff like it goes over my head because i don't mix like you right. know I, here and there i touch some things here and there but like you know i'm not <laughs> right to that level you know what i mean but it's really cool and really interesting to hear those types of things and to hear that that process of how yeah. people determine where things go or how things feel yeah. so i'm a, i'm like a i'm like a junkie for that even though i sure. don't do it you know what i mean sure but switching gears a little bit yeah right? man so um, even with your upbringing and your background and things like that, something interesting that I saw was that you were comparing um, hip hop to jazz. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I really that, believe that. Break that down. Why? All right, so, Why? How? All right. So so peep right. Like <clears throat> in jazz, you have a group of taste making, thought leading individuals okay. coming together. They play a uh, predefined chorus, mm-hmm. and then each one of them has a set amount of time to open up and say whatever the fuck they want to say okay. on their instrument, okay. and then they all come back, mm-hmm. and they do the chorus, and then the next guy gets a moment to say whatever they want to say. Okay. So whether it's John Coltrane playing a solo mm-hmm. or Common spitting some ridiculous bars or bust or whoever it's the same thing you you have a moment in which you get to say your piece and then come back to the chorus mm. and jazz musically they're tying all that together with common melody uh, ideas or common phrasing with hip-hop you're tying that all together with a concept right mm. you listen to what somebody said in the first verse and you might